from the land of the free and the home of the Chiefs, this is the Locked On Chiefs Podcast. Welcome back to Locked On Chiefs. We have a great show for you today. We're doing a crossover with Cody Rourke, the host of the Locked On Broncos. He's also media out there and has some unique insight, has talked to some of the players, uh, and he's going to give you his, his inside look at this particular matchup. Great conversation, but I have to kind of preempt the show a little bit because we had some news uh, Tuesday, even though we recorded this the night before, and that is that uh, two guys went to IR today, and that's Terrence Smith, which maybe isn't that big of a surprise uh, because of the injury. It looked fairly significant uh, during the game. And that does give the green light. You're going to see a lot more Dorian O'Daniel, something that we've been talking about for quite a bit. And by the way, check out the film room on RGR Football this week. Uh, there will be a significant section about O'Daniel. Uh, but also the surprise was that Jordan Devy went to IR as well. Looks like it's a shoulder injury. Uh, torn pectoral is uh, what's rumored to be out there. And it, if you take a look at the end of the snap, uh, count and, and the film from the other night, uh, you'll see that he was playing at, at a severe disadvantage. So uh, there's going to be a jostling of the offensive line. Wednesday, we should find out what that might look like. And, and I have a feeling that old friend Jeff Allen's going to see some action here pretty quick. But we will update you on that when we know the specifics. I uh, just wanted to preempt the show a little bit so you have that information. And now we're going to get right to the crossover. Welcome back. This is a special episode. This is a crossover between Locked On Chiefs and Locked On Broncos. AFC West battle at its best. And uh, luckily, not only is Chris with us today, but Cody Rourke is with us today. And I, if you are a Broncos fan, I'm Ryan Tracy, founder of Rogue Analytics and RGR Football. And you know Cody. Fellas, how are you? I'm doing great. Hey, you know, thanks for having me here on another crossover show. Love doing these things with you guys. You know, even though the hate, the hatred and the rivalry between the Chiefs and the Broncos is pretty strong, man. I, I love talking about this matchup with you two. Two of the best guys in the business to talk Chiefs football. Great to join you guys. You mean there's not love? Oh, there's a, there's a nothing but love on, on this end, but I don't know about the players end. There's still, you know, I think Broncos players and Broncos fans alike look back to that Christmas Day pass from uh, Don Terry Poe. We'll never forget. We'll never forgive. Oh. <laughs> Honestly, I can't blame you at that point, and I am okay with players not or there being bad blood between the two teams because it to me it makes the rivalry a little bit even better. So. Uh, but I get it if they don't have huge rivalries because we've seen uh, Chiefs players and Broncos players hang out in the past. So uh, obviously that's going to be something that's going on. Cody, how are things going in Denver? How is your team feeling after that big win that you guys had or that win against the Cardinals? <laughs> Hey, you know, it was a much-needed win. It was a big win for the Broncos organization. You know, they, the Broncos started off 2-0 and on the regular season, and they lost four consecutive games. And from that point, you know, it's just been a frustration uh, overall through the entire organization. A lot of talk during the week before the Cardinals game leading up to it about changes being made if the Broncos continue to lose or if they lost to the Cardinals, who were – Arguably the NFL's worst team at that point with a one and five record going into that game. You know, the Broncos had previously given up 200 plus yards rushing consecutively against the Jets and against the Rams. And, and so the Broncos overall, there was a lot of questions, whether it's the D coordinator, Joe Woods would be fired or, or whether the Broncos would part ways with Vance Joseph. But right now, after that, win, the Broncos came out, you know, in the NFL, 
when you play teams you should beat, you should beat them. And the Broncos actually didn't play down to the competition this time. They, they've seemed to play up the competition. We saw it with the first game against the Chiefs. The Broncos came out and they played relatively well. And then we saw it against the Rams. The Broncos came out and really battled back in the second half on the 17-point, uh, you know, unanswered points to try to come back and, and possibly beat the Rams. But, you know, it's just those teams, you know, I think the Broncos raised their, you know, level of play at home. Now the question is, can the Broncos do it this week going on the road to Arrowhead, which is arguably one of the hardest stadiums to play in the National Football League? You know, and two guys that I think are going to be key to this game, it's going to be their first trip. And that's Bradley Chubb and Philip Lindsay. And both of them, I think, it hasn't been that long, actually, but since we last talked, they've both kind of taken another couple steps forward, haven't they? Yeah, they really have. And Philip Lindsay's been the premier back for the Broncos. You look at Royce Freeman, who had a pretty good game against the Chiefs. He was a hard guy to bring down. But overall, Philip Lindsay's the guy that the Broncos have on a majority of the carries right now. Royce Freeman rolled his ankle, so his status for this game is currently unknown right now. So they, they trust Philip Lindsay a lot more than they trust Devontae Booker. And, and you know, he's taken a lot of steps forward. And Bradley Chubb has absolutely turned it on the last two weeks, I believe. Uh, against the Rams and against the Cardinals, he's had two sacks each in that game. So really, he's on pace right now. He leads the NFL in sacks for rookies, and Von Miller had a stellar game himself. But yeah, these two rookies, uh, I, I would say out of the Broncos team right now, the organization is tremendously, tremendously impressed with how much this rookie class this year has really contributed right away. And I think that that can definitely be something a lot of people talk about in terms of John Elway when they want to talk about his history drafting players. These, this rookie class right here, absolutely ready to play. And they're, they're making an instant impact more so than some of the veteran guys that have been around. So definitely a huge thing. But since the last time we talked there, Ryan and, and, and Chris, a lot has happened. You know, the Chiefs experienced their first loss in a shootout game in Foxborough against the New England Patriots, an absolute drubbing of the Cincinnati Bengals on Sunday night football on Sunday evening. What has changed? What's a little bit different? You know, I've read news that Daniel Sorensen might be on his way back for the Chiefs. And what's the status on Eric Berry as well? You know, there's been a lot of changes since the last time these two teams met. So what's new in uh, Chiefs Nation? I'd say there's plenty of things that are new in Chiefs Nation. Uh, you look at the past couple of games that they played. Uh, Mahomes didn't have a good first half against New England, much like he played against the Broncos, uh, at least in the first half in that game. And then he came out and he played fantastic in the second half. Uh, kind of did that again against the Patriots. And, you know, it wasn't enough to beat the Patriots. But then they come out and they absolutely manhandle the Bengals, which is phenomenal to see. Uh, when you talk at injury-wise, I think Daniel Sorensen will be back in two weeks. He will not be back this week. I do not believe. I don't think he's eligible until after this week, actually. Um, and, and then the question about Eric Berry, it's possible he plays this season. Uh, I'm not guessing it's going to be in the next couple of weeks. I would think it may be uh, later into this season. Uh, but he could be. He could certainly be a bigger addition uh, and, and then you look at a guy like Justin Houston, who's missed the past couple of games. Uh, he would be huge to have back against um, Denver. So to me, that's the big thing is can you get Justin Houston back? Because you saw a different defense against the Bengals, I think, than you saw a couple weeks ago when they were playing the Broncos and the Broncos could basically run up and down the field on them. 
Yeah, and certainly it looked like watching that Sunday night game against the Bengals, it seemed like the Chiefs defense had buckled down a little bit more. They were a little bit more disciplined than what we've seen in the first you know five weeks of the NFL regular season. I thought we've seen a lot out of them early on in that game. That really stood out to me. I'm like, okay, the Chiefs defense, they might actually start to be getting things going. And they're developing some chemistry. They're developing some momentum in a lot of places. And, and like you said, having Justin Houston back could be a huge thing because the Broncos in this point – they might try to just match up whoever they can on Garrett Bull's left tackle, number 72. He leads the NFL in holding for the Broncos, unfortunately. You know, he's had a rough uh, few weeks, and I think it all goes back to that Kansas City Chiefs game. You know, they got a lot of pressure on Case Keenum, generated some throws uh, that were errant. Uh, Case Keenum obviously held the ball a little too long. Certain situations got sacked. Jared Valdir, he went out in that game against the Chiefs, and, and he may return this week against them at right tackle. But to be honest with you, I don't know if the Broncos should necessarily put Valdir back in at right tackle when you have, you know, Billy Turner, who in my honest opinion has been playing really well as that swing right tackle for the Broncos. And and you have to think about what they have on the offensive line too. The Broncos, Max Garcia has to step in at left guard and start for the Broncos because Ron Leary out for the entire season, torn Achilles tendon, and then you have Connor McGovern at right guard and, and Matt Paradise obviously at center. So really the Broncos at this point – I don't know. You know I, I would be very hesitant if I'm a coaching staff to put Jared Valdir in the game right away, especially guys like D Ford or even Justin Houston. And we saw the amount of pressure that the Kansas City Chiefs defense dialed up on Case Keenum late in that second half. It was unbelievable. Sometimes seven guys, eight guys playing cover one, cover zero, a lot of different things that the Chiefs and obviously Bob Sutton threw in the way of the Denver Broncos. So my question in this game too, what more can we see possibly because this is a different matchup from the first time teams play. I always believe anytime you play two teams twice, one of the things that you can always kind of fall trapped to is considering that, okay, well, we beat them the first time. Well, we can go in this game. We're going to beat them again. I think it's always different, but for the dynamic, the Broncos gave up that game at home to the Chiefs. I was frustrated about it, but overall going into Arrowhead, like I said, tough place to play in this game in particular. What do you see from this Kansas City Chiefs offense against the Broncos defense who at times had success getting to Mahomes, but Mahomes being a big physical athletic guy was able to make plays with his legs. What do you see differently in this matchup in terms of the KC offense versus the Broncos D? Well, you know, from what we've seen, the Broncos have rushed them pretty much the best of this entire season. And that's easy to say when it's, you got Von Miller out there. But it's been interesting to see the tale of a couple of different games. The philosophy that the Broncos brought, particularly with the way they engineered their overload blitzes, which I thought was great. I, I'm I'm one for an aggressive defense. I thought the Broncos really showed the way to try to affect Mahomes with aggression. Now the Patriots flipped the script, and they laid back for the most part. And they showed you how you can try to, to line up, you know, eight deep and, and make him beat you in, in tighter windows and zones. Uh, and obviously he put 40 up on them. So that's not really a blueprint either. Um, the Bengals tried to come back and do something similar uh, to the Patriots, and that didn't work at all. So I think really what it's going to be is what – the Broncos choose to do the chiefs have seen both sides of the table at this point. And it's really about the athleticism. I think of your pass rushers in Denver, uh, being able to take on those tackles at home. And maybe that's an advantage being at home. Maybe it's not, but I think the interesting thing will be if they choose the Broncos to, continually to, to dial up the aggression, uh, bring the overloads again. I think that Mahomes in particular is better prepared 
to deal with it because of the experience of playing in Denver the first time. So that's what I'm looking for. Um, and I have a lot of other questions, but folks want to make sure that you're checking out the rest of the locked on network, especially Matt Williams, uh, Matt Williamson. Sorry, Matt. And all of his guests weekly with Sando and Renner and the whole crew. You got to check that out. If you want to know what's going on in this league. And one other note, if, if you want your business advertised on either the locked on Broncos or the locked on chiefs, we could be saying your business's name right now. So reach out to us at either Locked On Chiefs at Gmail or through uh, the Locked On Podcast at Gmail. You can find us either way. We're going to take a quick second, run through our main sponsor today. We thank them for the support. We'll be right back. Are you looking to reach new customers? I could be mentioning your business right now. Podcast listeners are 60% more likely to interact with their sponsors than on web pages or other forms of media. Our demographic is 98% males and offers more opportunities than traditional media audiences. Have your company sponsor this podcast today. Email us at lockedonchiefs at gmail.com. Let me tell you a little bit about our sponsor. We all love a good night out, whether it's seeing our favorite band live and in person or being there in the crowd to cheer on our favorite team. With Vivid Seats, you can attend that concert or show or sporting event at a great price. Vivid Seats is the top source for tickets for all live events that you want to go to. You can sort by price or look for seats in a specific section and row. And to make things even better, Vivid Seats is giving our listeners an exclusive promo code for new customers to receive $20 off of their $200 order and save you more money. Go to the Apple Store or the Google Store and download the Vivid Seats app. Use the promo code LOCKEDON for $20 off of your $200 purchase as a new customer of Vivid Seats. Make memories that last and let Vivid Seats help you get to your favorite live event in person. So when we flip it over and we talk about how uh, the Broncos have evolved on their offensive side and what the Chiefs need to do to combat this. They, I thought they did a decent job of getting Lindsay the first time. Uh, clearly, uh, the Chiefs' DBs have come on the last couple of games in terms of keeping uh, receivers in check, but the guy that scares me the most is Sutton. And How do you see his game evolving? Oh, man. You know, I tell you what, Broncos fans have been very, very happy with what we've seen from Cortland Sutton. And, you know, I, I think if everybody in the NFL world's a little privy to it, but Adam Schefter this week reported the Broncos have been listening to some trade offers uh, for Demarius Thomas, a guy who's been playing for the Broncos, you know, from the moment he was drafted. So a lot of people thought Demarius Thomas might retire as a Bronco who knows at this point? You know, you got the trade deadline coming up on October 30th. You know, I, I think when we look at this whole scenario with Cortland Sutton, he's big, he's tall, he's physical, he's very athletic. He likes to jump over defensive backs. And we saw the Broncos try to do that a couple of times against the Chiefs in that first matchup. I wouldn't expect anything different in this matchup right here. Cortland Sutton has come on since that game. He's had a lot of success. You've seen a lot of uh, different plays with Emmanuel Sanders running the end around and then tossing it to Cortland Sutton, who dove out, caught it, maintained possession with one hand, uh, and, and almost like a David Tyree catch after he corralled it in. So I think with Cortland Sutton, you're going to try to they're going to try to match him up, move him instead of just keeping him on one side outside. They're going to move him inside in the slot. They're going to move him outside, depending on the situation. They want to get the ball in his hands early and often, especially on third down situations where they have to pass. Look for the ball to go to either Emmanuel Sanders or Cortland Sutton in these situations. 
teams are really starting to just bracket Demarius Thomas, jam him underneath because he has struggled. He hasn't been as productive in the last two years. I think teams have found a way to get into Demarius Thomas's head a little bit, which is kind of sparked maybe the trade rumors having a little bit of validity to it in the NFL world. Now, several of my sources that I've talked to saying it could happen. We could see Demarius Thomas traded, but will it happen? It depends on if a team wants to take over his contract that he has. But if they did, it would free up over $11 million for Denver. So I, I don't know in that regards. But, yes, definitely look to see Cortland Sutton get involved a lot more. Now, speaking of receivers, Ryan and Chris, the last time the Broncos and the Chiefs played, we saw Sammy Watkins get hurt. What is the deal with him going on for? He seems to be a very pivotal point right now for the Chiefs offense outside of guys like Kareem Hunt and Tyreek Hill. You know, I think Sammy Watkins actually played one of his better games uh, this past week uh, against the Bengals. Uh, 74 yards, I believe, receiving on three catches, caught a deep ball from Mahomes. Um, to me, I think he's still getting involved in this offense and he's still getting used to playing the way uh, the Chiefs are playing and trying to learn the offense. You have to remember that the only player that's ever come into a read offense as a receiver and done well uh, is a player like Jeremy Macklin, who was actually already in Reed's offense originally. So to me, if he's going to take some time to uh, get used to playing in this offense, I'm okay with that. Patrick Mahomes has shown that he is going to be able to find players when they're open, uh, and Sammy is no different in that respect. Uh, the interesting thing to me that I think – kind of gets overlooked is Sammy Watkins is playing 97% of the snaps for Kansas City. Now, you can say what you want about his production, but when he's on the field 97% of the time, that tells me that if he's not getting the ball, he's affecting something else that's causing them to be as as successful as they have been uh, in his time in Kansas City so far because this offense has been very dynamic, and I think he's a big part of that. Uh, so you look at that, and I think that's a huge thing for Kansas City. I do think he's going to have a good game against Denver uh, because you have all those other pieces you have to cover. You can't just let Tyree Kill run free, and you have to cover Travis Kelsey. Now, if we start looking at the Denver defense, let me ask you this question. How do you change what they did last time to try to stop Mahomes? Because as we talked about earlier, he had a bad first half in the Broncos game. But he was able to adjust into the second half and and have a, and play much better in the second half. So how do you think that the Broncos adjust to slow him down? I think you still have to try to get pressure on Mahomes. I think that's where the Broncos found success initially was dialing up pressure on him, making it to where he didn't have a clean pocket to really set his feet and throw into those windows to different spots. Uh, you know, I think a lot of it too, a big difference will be Tremaine Brock is back for the Broncos at this point. So therefore the Broncos have some more help at defensive back. And that's been huge because they've been using, utilizing Chris Harris. Roby uh, struggled against the New York Jets, kind of gave up a, a couple passes here and there to the LA Rams, but overall, Roby had a very big bounce back game against the Cardinals, four pass breakups and an interception. So Bradley Roby's trying to get his confidence back. Yadam's playing a little early on. He's getting his feet wet. You know, I, I had a chance to talk with the Broncos uh, cornerbacks coach, Greg Williams, who's very, very high on Isaac Yadam. And I know Ryan, Ryan loves Yadam. I know he wanted the Chiefs to grab him. I'm thankful we got him because I, I tell you what, he's a technician. He stays Late after practice, he's the first defensive back out on the field. He's a hard worker. So the Broncos really have to dial up pressure on Patrick Mahomes, see if they can get there, and they have to play tight coverage because, as you said, you know when you get a guy like Sammy Watkins back, it opens up a different variety of things the Chiefs' offense can do. And when they go back to that first matchup, 
I felt the Broncos actually did a pretty good job against Tyreek Hill, who I don't think there's a guy in football that's faster than him. You know, let me be honest here. That one play where he, he ran back and he caught that play for the touchdown against the Patriots to kind of spark them a little bit more. And then he has that deep pass where he catches it. And it looks like the safety Harmon is going to make the tackle, but his speed is so next level. Unfortunately, he had to deal with the dilemma of the fans throwing the middle finger up, throwing beer in the face. It reminds me of that Broncos game the first time. Travis Kelsey caught that touchdown late in that game, and he was graded with nothing but middle fingers. You know, I hope fans could be a little bit more classy now. I get the hatred between two teams, but you always have to keep it classy in fanhood. But in this game, yeah, you want to get to, uh, you know, I, I think Patrick Mahomes by dialing up pressure. I, I'm sorry. Several times in that game, the Broncos dropped Von Miller back into coverage. You can't do that. Let your pass rusher get to the quarterback on a third down situation. You drop him back. I'm sorry. You're taking away a very strong element of your defense and and that's something I think the Broncos really have to do a better job of and and kind of looking at the Chiefs defensive side of the ball secondary wise we talked about it you know it's going to be Sorensen coming back here maybe in a couple weeks who knows the status on Eric Berry uh, corners playing aggressively decent uh, since that last matchup between the Broncos and the Chiefs my question is Anthony Hitchens the defensive line and the linebacker we see D Ford his name every single week making plays Who's going to stand out in this game to try to get the case Keenum? Because that, that's kind of an area where I think the Chiefs can have a lot of success is generating a lot of pressure through the interior, the B-gap, and maybe off the edge outside trying to attack the tackles. Who's going to stand out, and who do you think uh, Bob Sutton is going to really send towards Case Keenum and the Broncos this week? You know, um, I'm just going to say this now. I will trade you uh, a cheeseburger-free autumn right now. Nope. No deal. Okay. All right. <laughs> Happy meal? No, I love Happy Meals, man. But you know what? I I, I like Yadam. I think he's going to be a stud in the league. And, and I I don't know, man. I just can't do it. I'm not. I'm not going to pull a John Gruden here. Okay. Well, I think your point is absolutely right. And this pressure is what's going to be the difference. Not necessarily getting home against Keenum, but moving him off of his spot. And uh, the thing that the Chiefs really have going for them right now is that. One guy in particular is playing for his career, basically. He's either going to get re-signed to uh, a big contract somewhere. I'm sorry, not re-signed. Signed in general as a free agent. Uh, or he's going to get franchise tagged in Kansas City. And D. Ford is motivated. And as of uh, the Bengals game, you know, at the conclusion of Week 7, he's still number two in the league in total pressures. And I think his speed in particular is going to be a problem uh, for Valdir or whoever's manning the right tackle spot. And I agree with you, I, I like Billy Miller. I, I, I liked him coming out, and I think he's he's got athleticism. But that first step is among the elite. Uh, and the thing that I think, if they do choose to just chip him all day long or keep a tight end in, um, Bob seems to be climbing back on his horse in terms of being able to call a better game. I will not be surprised to see some corner and safety blitzes trying to get a little bit of overload there, particularly in the B-gap, uh, if they're so concerned about the outside rushers. Now, the thing that, that I think is going to be critical is, like you mentioned, is Hitchens. Hitchens and Raglan have had a little bit of a go, and they have some young guys behind them that I think are overtaking them in terms of their coverage abilities. And so I think the thing that I'm still going to keep an eye on is whether they're able to cover Lindsay out of the backfield in particular, because that's a way that the Chiefs have been hurt so far this season. Um, and I don't know if the offensive coordinator is going to pick up on that. Honestly, I'm not, I'm not sure about the coaching staff in general, but I do want to ask you one other thing before we move on. Uh, not only uh, Demarius, but I'm hearing a lot of rumors about a possible trade of Roby. Is that something that's that's legit? 
Yeah, you know, I think in this situation, the Broncos have struggled in the secondary in terms of death. But, you know, obviously having Pac-Man Jones, Tremaine Brock, these guys like that. But Roby had a very rough two weeks in a row against the – you know, the New the New York Jets against Robbie Anderson gave up three catches for 125 yards and two touchdowns. And he also gave up several big uh, catch and runs to Robert Woods against the Rams. In this situation, like I said earlier, Roby responded pretty much big time, but coming back against the Cardinals, having the best game of the season for him right there. But right now, in the final year of his rookie deal, do not be surprised if the Broncos look to trade him. He is an asset. Some teams find him as a viable option, maybe on a very good team as a number three cornerback where the talk in Broncos country has been, well, if the Broncos tried to make a trade for a guy like Patrick Peterson by sending Demarius Thomas to Arizona, if you get a guy like Patrick Peterson, you can have a one and two with those two guys, and him and Chris Harris Jr. Roby can transition to that number three spot where he has had a lot of success and a lot of uh, productivity in his entire career in Denver from that position, he didn't have the tremendous amount of pressure he did when the Broncos had to keep to lead Chris Harris Jr. He was able to kind of perform without really kind of being thrown on the spotlight a little bit. So he's had a rough season. The Broncos could look to move him as long as, you know, like I said, also with Demarius Thomas and guys like Brandon Marshall. However, you know, I was talking with Chris before we started doing the show. There, you know, some other names that were linked in trade discussions were Emmanuel Sanders, Chris Harris Jr. Those ones, from what I'm told from my sources, those are completely false. That what, what happens is, is teams every single year pick up the phone and they call and ask, what will it take to get these two guys or this guy? And Emmanuel Sanders, Chris Harris Jr., those names happen. I mean, a few years ago, Thomas Brady, Tom Brady's name came up, and what do we need to do from that? John Elway hangs up the phone. They're, you know, those guys aren't available. Those guys are producing at a high level. And to be honest with you, if they did look at trading a guy like Chris Harris Jr., that would acknowledge that they are trying to enter a rebuild period, which I don't think is definitely the case for the Broncos with some of the talent that they do have on this team still. So that's kind of the dynamic in that. But, yeah, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if the Broncos look to maybe move Roby. Uh, you know, you could see a draft pick. I know this cornerback class coming into this draft, I'm not sure exactly where it stands, but, you know, Georgia's got a phenomenal corner, number 18. I can't remember his name. I think he's Baker. Um, I, I can't recall his name, but he's a stud that I think a lot of teams will have on their radar as well. Well, I think that's a good spot, folks. We're going to take our second break, and when we come back, Chris is going to lead us through the nitty-gritty, and we're going to get down to these predictions. The nitty-gritty, huh? Okay. Uh, well, I will say – calling it. Yeah, I will say I, – I will throw out a name that, you know, Cody, you asked about pass rush. I'm not going to say he's doing fantastic, but I do think that Breland Speaks is somebody that you also have to be watching for because I think he looked a lot better – uh, over the past couple of weeks, I think he's been improving. Uh, so that is another name I will throw out. Um, but let's go ahead and get down to the predictions. My question to you, Cody, is how do you see this game uh, going considering what we know about these two teams right now? Ah, considering what we know, it depends on who shows up in the uh, the white uniforms for the Broncos this week. Are you going to get the guys that showed up very confident, ready to do their job like they did against the Cardinals? Or are you going to get the guys that showed up on the road against the New York Jets and not know what happened, not know what hit you? I think for the Broncos in this game is to, to not over simplify things. I think the Broncos had a good game plan coming in against the Chiefs in their first matchup. You know, you obviously have to do a bit of adjusting there because both teams obviously are different at this point of the season compared to that time when they last played. You know, NFL teams change every single week. So I think for the Broncos, if they want to come in, they want to have a chance to beat the Kansas City Chiefs in Arrowhead. They have to play mistake-free football. And it all starts with Case Keenum. Case Keenum in every game this season has thrown an interception. 
he had that interception late in the game against the Chiefs in that first game, you know, where the DB made a phenomenal play. I mean, I can't even believe that type of play that he made, stealing it from Jeff Hireman. That was just a phenomenal play there. But every game that Case Keenum turns the ball over, the Broncos, that you know, a lot of their chances of winning really go down the drain. So if he can come in and, and keep the ball protected, not throw an interception or not fumble the ball, not hold the ball too long, take sacks that put him out of maybe field goal range or kill drives, the Broncos have a good chance to beat, you know, to beat the Chiefs in terms of that regard. Now for the defensive side of the ball for the Broncos, if they want a chance to win this game, you have to fluster Patrick Mahomes. Twenty two touchdowns and four picks on a year. I mean, I'm sorry. This guy is legit. He's he's really feeling it. You have to find a way to cool him down a little bit. And if not, you know, Kobe Bryant had a very good quote one time, and I can't say it because it, it's not safe for work. But he said, if a guy is hot, you got to cool that down. You know, <laughs> so with Patrick Mahomes, you got to try to find a way to neutralize him. You know, I I, I think you're gonna hear less nicknames during this game, like we saw from the Monday Night Broadcast and Booger and whatever that guy's name that sits in the booth. Uh, yeah, I think in this game, the Broncos, if they, they got to play mistake-free football and they can't afford to give up big plays in the passing game or even in the running game with Kareem Hunt, who absolutely is a dominant runner. You know, he's a guy we didn't really talk too much about yet in this game, but he is the ultimate X factor, in my opinion, for this offense. So they got to really kind of neutralize and contain. You can't stop certain guys, but you can just hope to contain them. If the Broncos can do that, I think they have a chance to win this game. But like I said, if they, if they turn the ball over and make mistakes, I, I don't see it really going in the favor of the Broncos. So what's your final score prediction? Oh, man, you have to put me on the spot again. All right, let's say. Um, I'm, I'm going to go into the scenario where the Broncos actually play the way that I think we'd like them to play, Broncos country would. I think this might be a game where you could see them winning by one point, maybe being down by uh, two points, kicking a field goal late in the game, and maybe getting a stop on a final drive. I think the Broncos could win this game. Uh, I'm going to go 28-26. Ryan, what do you got? You always make me go second now. How does this work? Hey, you told me I have to do. I have to be the one that's going to get down to the nitty gritty. So I'm getting down to the nitty gritty. All right, all right, all right. I agree with everything that Cody said. Um, I think honestly, at home uh, in Arrowhead, the noise level in particular, a lot of young talent on this Broncos team that's going to do that for the first time. I have trouble seeing them pull that out. So I think they do have a little bit of success. These games are always closer than they ought to be, in my opinion. So I'm going to call it, you know, 31-24 Chiefs. I, I agree. I think it's going to be a closer game uh, than maybe it should be necessarily. Uh, but I do think Kansas City is going to find a way to win. And I do think that Mahomes finds a way to put up 30 points on this Broncos defense. Uh, so I'm going to go 34-27 Kansas City. Those are some good predictions. I like it. I like close football. You know, as a coach, I hate it. As a as a fan, I hate close games because it you know means your uh, your levels of adrenaline go up, and that's not always a fun thing to experience. But I tell you what, it's definitely been a ride this season, and so I guess adrenaline in this situation, a close game, AFC divisional rivals, that might not be a bad thing. What I will say, and the caveat on that is, what Chiefs defense shows up. Because if it's the Chiefs defense that played against the Broncos, I don't think it's going to be – I mean, it's going to be a close game. If it's the Chiefs defense that showed up against the Bengals, I don't know that the Broncos score more than 20 points. I could see that. I could totally see that based on watching the two teams, you know, this past week. I, I think it's the NFL every week. You see a Jekyll and Hyde with a lot of NFL teams. And like you said, I, I, I think that's a great point. Which team, which portion of, you know, the offense or the defense for both teams is going to show up in this game? That's a great point. 
Well, we're going to find out real quick, folks. A great rivalry within this division, uh, and honestly, this is one that one of these teams has been on a roll for either or for the last number of years. And I, I think it's going to be a great one. I hope you guys enjoyed this show. Thank you, Cody, for being with us and letting us kind of host the thing. So much appreciated. Absolutely, man. Thank you guys so much for having me. I love doing these things. I, I, I always say, you know, it's always fun talking, even if it's with a division rival. I think you guys are two of the best guys in the business in terms of covering the Chiefs. Very fun talking with you guys, hearing your guys' football perspective. Really appreciate it. You guys are awesome. And I got to tell you, you're the man in Denver, folks. If, if you want to know more about these Broncos, make sure you're listening to Cody's show as well. And I think at that point, uh, we will say good luck and good night. Uh, we appreciate y'all listening in both cities, and we will talk to you tomorrow. But we don't really mean good luck to the Broncos, just throwing that out there. <laughs> oh, man. I, 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 I sounded cool for a minute. Dang. You're welcome. Subscribe to the show on iTunes or Google Play. Follow the show on Twitter at Locked On Chiefs. Check out my work at RGR Football on YouTube, Chris's work on LockedOnChiefs.com, and all of Seth's film analysis at TheAthletic.com. Thanks for listening.